pull up a bar stool. It's been a while. I admit it. It's been about a month. I think the last time I had a recorded podcast is with Andrew. Uh, it's baseball season, folks. So when it is, I am busy, drowning, swimming over here. So, um, but I want to get back on here with Andrew, my friend Andrew Foxwell. Really good stuff this week. This one's catered more towards uh, the consultants, the agencies, managing Facebook ads. A lot of the questions that we get specifically from these people. So sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Lumer Digital on Facebook. Here was another edition of the Social Media Pubcast for each week. Well, it hasn't been each week for a while now, but we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. This week, just like every month, my friend, I should just say friend, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Mr. Andrew Foxwell. How's it going, Andrew? The crowd goes wild. Oh, man, it's so good to be here, John. So, so much fun to be here. I feel like I'm more awake yeah. than I am sometimes when we record these in the morning. So, mm. ready to rock. Got a good, you know, had a good day here. And it's actually, now I'm drinking beer at the proper time in yeah. the afternoon. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, well, there's really no proper time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, a little background here. For anyone who's been a regular listener of the show, I have done this before. Where, especially when I have a guest, I hit record, we have a great episode, I hit stop, and I realized I was only recording myself. And that doesn't go over very well. I guess I could put, try to make that a show somehow, but... Uh, so, that's what happened to us this morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, my time, drinking a Guinness. Andrew's working on a summer shandy, and uh, no dice. So, what, what do you have this time, man? Well, I have uh, actually something I'm really excited about, which is uh, Wisconsin Brewing Company Inaugural Red, which was created by some students at Wisconsin uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison under the Campus Craft Brewery Program. Uh, and it's a, it's great beer, nice, easy red lager. Uh, and Wisconsin Brewing has it out now. And it's, if you're a Badger fan, I mean, this is, this is a beer you want to be drinking. So there's a little product endorsement for my friends at WBC. Well done, well done. So I'm working on a Guinness. You like it? Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's a great one. <laughs> My favorite beer. Gotta love Guinness, man. <laughs> oh, man. Usually it's a celebratory Guinness. Not a lot to celebrate today, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about, bud. Lots to talk about. So I'm going to, you know, I didn't put together a list. You did that for me. Make it nice and easy so I'll look smart. But lots of stuff. Really, this is catered towards uh, consultants agencies, people who manage ads, people who maybe don't manage a lot of ads but want to manage more, and, and a lot of the issues that arise for such people. So let's start from the top. Um, one of the problems I hear about often, um, or a lot of complaints, I think can be traced back to ad inventory. So like price price will go up and you know Facebook People blame Facebook for you know, you know, raising the price on it, going back room and hitting a lever or whatever, raise the price. Reality has a lot to do with ad inventory, whether it's seasonal or because it's a small audience or because they're not on mobile or whatever it is. I mean, what do you guys say to this? 
I, I think ad inventory is one of those things that doesn't get talked about enough amongst our community. And, and really what that is, is, you know, it's like, it's essentially how much space Facebook has um, to show ads at a given time. Uh, as competition has increased, as prices have increased, um, and as the number of advertisers has have increased, really, that inventory has become a much bigger part of the game um, that I think we really need to take into consideration when we're, one, setting expectations for ourselves, and, and two, talking to clients. Ad inventory is, is it changes day to day. It changes on, um, you know, the type of targeting you're going for. Uh, it changes on the audiences, and, and it can change on season as well. Right now, we're in summer, and people are on their mobile devices much more and or you know than they are on their desktop and they're also maybe not on their phone as much so i've had a lot of squeezes as i would call them of inventory where there's just not as not not, not as much as there usually is and it actually ads are having some trouble showing um, so you may have been experiencing this as well and one of the one of the things that's happening there is that there just isn't enough space to show your ad to people uh, and is of course another function of why you want audience sizes that are big enough because you want to, you know, know how many people you're going to be able to get to, especially if you're trying to spend more and scale an account on something that's working. Yeah, I mean, ad inventory is such an important concept, and it's one if you as an ads consultant, manager, whatever, doesn't understand, you quickly look like a noob because uh, it, it's once you start you know, kind of understand the whole concept of inventory, everything makes a little bit more sense. So for example, you know, a few years ago, when the vast majority of people used Facebook from their desktop, and when there are far fewer advertisers um, advertising on Facebook, the inventory was high because there's lots of space on desktop, whether it's a news feed or the sidebar, we could throw your ad through. The problem becomes, so this is even before we talk about seasonality and all that kind of stuff uh, in audience size. The problem becomes once now people are moving, I guess, I think you, you said this this morning, 70% of the time they're on mobile now, which is far less space to put an ad, and <clears throat> which means far less people on the sidebar. Like I barely get any distribution on the sidebar anymore. And that used to be where a lot of that distribution was going. So... You got less inventory, and now it's only the, the two or three ads on the side, not, not the seven that it was at one time. So not only do you, do you have less inventory, ad inventory in that way, but more advertisers in, in proportion to the growth of the user base, which, I, which we agreed upon this morning that is more likely true. I don't think I'm pulling that out of the air. So as a result of less avid inventory, competition goes up, prices go up. And then you, you throw into the mix things like seasonality, where like Christmas time, everybody's advertising. Summertime, certain types of brands are going to be advertising more. Um, that's going to throw pricing a lot of whack potentially. Yeah, it's one of those things to just take into consideration as you look at you know your overall strategy. And I think one thing to transition into the next part of, of you know what we I hope we're going to talk about is. What are the other levers you can pull, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you, you, inventory is down. Let's say you're not able to show your ad as many places. I mean, I've had this happen, right? You get a campaign going, and 24 hours later, it's got 24 impressions. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. You're like, this is great. Like, I know this. I know these people are here. They're my retargeting audience, or they're, you know, another larger audience. What's going on? And set it to an old CPM bid 
um, you know, default, and it's just not showing. Andrew, so, Andrew, Andrew, you seem to know what I'm going to talk about next. And that's, you're not I, hope, here. I hope that's where we're going. <laughs> you're not. You're not running this this interview. Maybe I'm going to talk about the Brewers. You don't know. That's true. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk about some like just like that. We're going to talk about that. So basically, um, just a little background. We're shifting gears here a little bit, but um, one of the issues people have. Okay. If you, understanding having inventory is important. Let's say understand that. But one of the big problems is getting it to work early. And, um, and what do you do? You know, what are the levers, levers you pull, as, as you said? And one of the issues that I think we've run into a lot has a lot to do with that inventory, too, and that they're going after small audiences and, like, optimizing for a conversion or something. And so what are the alternatives? What are some of the things they can do differently instead of optimizing using OCPM? So have at it, my man. I mean, and you've talked about this before, which is you can, if you're going towards a larger audience or you want to go towards a larger audience, you, you know, when you're bidding or using the um, objective based advertising, Mm -hmm. you can bid on website clicks, which is going to go towards a larger audience, or you can bid for page post engagement, more people engage and click to websites than those that convert. So at the top level, one of the options always is trying a new objective and still attaching it at the ad level to your Mm -hmm. pixel over to your client's pixel uh, to see the conversions that are taking place because of that. Now, one of the most popular things that I like to do and that I think others do is is using the lever of bidding and actually using bidding as a way to force ads down. Now, force has a bad word to it or has a bad kind of connotation to it, but it's really what you're doing is one option is you you can still have a website conversions objective, but you can bid cost per click. So you can bid in a way that is saying, I, I actually want to make sure that this shows. And, you, and that suggested bid range, you can bid higher on the end of that suggested bid range. Because what that does is it enters you into the algorithm and all the numbers that Facebook's looking at, it enters you into that algorithm in a priority manner and says, hey, I'm here, I'm not messing around, show my ad. You're going to get lower quality clicks, potentially. You're going to get more spent money. So if you're if you're... If you have, as a way to get traction, have increased budget, for example, on the ad set, and then you have, uh, you know, you turn it up to CPC, it's going to spend that budget. So just be prepared for that. And then the other one that you can pull is, is you can do an optimized CPM bid, but override the CPA goal. And usually that's about four to five times what your CPA goal is. Now, you're not because you, you know, you're not trying again to be really competitive. You're trying to make sure that it shows to get traction so you can start to get data. So that's kind of the methodology of certain pieces of it that I uh, have been using and, and helped me get traction early on for some of those campaigns that aren't seeing performance. Yeah. So, and let's, let's kind of combine that with the, the talk of inventory to help people understand that. So let's say, for example, you know, you've got a great, highly relevant audience of 5,000 people who visited your website or a specific page or something like that. And you're running in ads that are optimized for conversions, targeting those people. Well, and what people don't understand is that Facebook's not magically going to make all 5,000 people convert. They're going to focus on the people most likely to convert. So if you have a small, and 5,000 is you know, an extreme example, but it, if you've got a small pool of people and you're looking at a conversion, Facebook's going to focus on a very small group of those people, 
which means it's barely going to run, if at all, especially since you can't get enough con conversions to actually show Facebook what a convertor, is that, is that where, would look like. And um, so ways around that to, to focus on a different um, objective uh, while still, you know, that being your objective, you still optimize in a different way. So optimizing for the website click. So then it'd be, okay, they're expanding that a little bit more, not just looking at people who convert, but people who are just gonna click the link. So then, um, you know, you actually get some conversions in there that Facebook can optimize for later. Or doing CPC, which, now Facebook changed the definition of CPC or of the click, for those who don't know, to basically be a, a link click. But then you're actually paying for the click instead of the impressions, which could force Facebook to show. And then you can, you know, obviously manually choose a really, really, really high bid or manually change that OCPM goal. And actually something else I do in these cases where it's this really small audience, but I know it's relevant, is I'll do CPM or daily unique reach. And then I'll just, I'll completely jack up the bid that in that case too. And then, you know, correspondingly you have to have a high budget, but knowing in each case, you're not gonna get anywhere close to either of those things. It's just a matter of kind of forcing, again, Facebook uh, to, to reach those people. Yeah, and, it, and you can change it too, right? Like, yeah. so you can have it be a cost per click, and then you can switch it over once it starts to get traction back to OCPM. So, um, you know, that, there's options there, and I think it's important to understand that as an advertiser, um, you know, there's all these pieces we pull on, right? There's the lever of placement, there's targeting, there's daily budget, and then and, and schedule, and then you know, one of the other ones that's really important that I think it's under overlooked a lot of times is, is OCPM and the bidding methodologies that you can use in combination with the objectives. So if you are, if you've had issues with this, if you've had issues with getting traction or something not really showing, um, that can be a big part of it. Another part, I just, I, I didn't think of this now, is, um, you know, when you are building out a campaign uh, or an ad set and you have multiple ads in that ad set, you know, let's say it's more than five, I mean, that's another thing that's going to just kill your opportunity because it's trying to f show all five of those ads to get an idea over time and it's going to choose one as a priority. So we talked about this on a podcast a month ago, which is, you know, if you can and you have the budget to support it, especially, you know, clients that want to get a good A-B test going, you know, definitely try to split one ad per ad set. Give it, mm -hmm. give that one ad the entire ad set to itself, and that will really help with your optimization because then the algorithm is only looking at one thing, and it knows its job is to figure out that one thing, and that can be a really helpful medium uh, to get, you know, priority in in terms of understanding the conversions. So, anyway, that's good. All, all good points. Understand the convertors. Convertors, yes. That's ah, a that's got to be a word, right? I'm thinking of dinosaurs, like convertors. <laughs> So, so this is all, you know, trying to get these things working in the beginning. But let's say then that you can't get any of that attraction or you're not getting the results that you're expecting up front. You know, I hear, hear from people who run these experiences and they're like, now what do, I, what do I tell this client? I mean, what, what do you tell these clients when things aren't working the way you expect? Well, I, I mean, I think... Clients, a lot of times, it would, one of the hardest things that I hear over and over, I'm sure you do too, and, and we've seen at Power Hitters Club, johnlewer.com backslash PHC, is 
you know, talking about the when performance isn't working it well. I, personally, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm I'm managing 15 clients right now, and this summer uh, has been tough. It's 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 been a tough summer in terms of competition and in terms of per- performance. Things are going well, but there's definitely been instances when I've had to sort of say, "Man, this is this is this is taking a little bit longer than normal." And that's okay, right? And I think that's okay to understand that that happens and that's that happens to all of us. And so the question is, you know, what do you say? So what I tend to say is, one, it's always about setting expectations. Right off the bat, that's what we've, we've mentioned this before, but set the expectation with the client that this can take a while, right? You are someone that is that is an expert on Facebook and you know how to use it. And it's a, But it's a demand generation platform, right? You're trying to convince people to buy something they don't know that they need. So that's that's one part of it. Uh, another part of, of you know what you can say to clients is helping them understand the process and the way that you are thinking about it in reference to your time frame. So it's not a one and done thing, right? It's not a I'm going to try this and then I'm done. I'm going to try this and then you know if that doesn't work after two weeks, like I'm just done with it. Because the reality of it is, you may try for two weeks website conversions objective and you're just not getting the conversions that you want. Well, you can't just shut it off. Maybe what you do then is you t- you try to convince the client on you know more of a long tail game, right? Which is playing that long game, playing going out there and con- getting fans, helping them understand your story. That's a whole other methodology that you could take. You could take a methodology around content, and talking about what makes you special, why, and have that be the lead, and then promoting those on Facebook and over time retargeting, right? So the op- the reality of it is. We do ourselves a disservice as Facebook advertisers, I think, and marketers, if we say up front, like, oh, it just stinks, or we blame stuff on Facebook. And in really, there's so many options we can choose. And in order to get clients on board with that, we just need to tell them our vision and the options that are available and the paths that we can take. And if they say, that's fine, we are willing to do the, expect- the experimentation, and we, we know it can be powerful, we just need to figure it out, then, then that's... You know, then you're you have the license to do that, and that's why they're hiring you. They're hiring you to help that strategic vision. So I think that's that's kind of a or help map that strategic vision. So that's something I just wanted to mention because I think a lot of people deal with that. Yeah, and I think there are a couple things here. I think first of all, sample size is important. Like, you know, you could have something that you fully expect to work and it doesn't for whatever reason, but you can't proclaim that it doesn't work based on. A couple days, especially depending on the budget. Uh, but also, it's like I think advertisers and clients often have unrealistic expectations or goals that there is this uniform, universal um, best copy to use, best imagery to use, um, you know, best targeting to use. That that will work, and and they put it all in, and it doesn't work. Like, oh, what the hell? I, I thought this was gonna work, and so that's another thing. But I, th- I think you're right on the button uh, or the money. I think we're going to talk about the money today. So right on the money when it comes to um, setting expectations. Now, and also understanding who the client is. Because let's say if this client come, is, is in a tough industry, they come to you with very little uh, built-in audience. So they don't, they have a bad website. They Or they have a bad website. They're not writing content for the website. They're not driving traffic to it. Um, even on their landing pages, it's just a bad process for, for um, buying or converting or whatever it is. Um, they don't have much of a fan base. It's relevant. On and on and on. That type of client, you have to set a reasonable expectation like, look, man, 
the beginning, this is all me about building. It's all me about building an audience that we can target to get conversions from. But we're not gonna get a lot, we'll, we'll target some of these interests and stuff in the beginning to try to sell. Don't expect them to do all that well. And then over time, we're gonna move more and more of that budget over to these people who have visited your website. But in the meantime, we've gotta drive people to the website and you have to actually have content and you have to be on board with creating this content. So, you know, ideally you have a, you have a client who comes to you who's like has all these things in place. And you don't want to make promises in that case, but it makes your job so much easier. I mean, as an example, I had a one-on-one last week with someone who's in the golf industry. So entertainment, they weren't doing any ads, really. I mean, very little. And they were, and they didn't know what they're doing with ads. But they were writing lots and lots of content, 500,000 visitors to their site per month. So huge website audience, website custom audience that they could target. And the only, you know, one of the main things we did in that call was like, let's sit down, make sure that Pixel is installed in your, your um, site because this is the audience you want to target. And let's just drive traffic back to the site, to another blog post. And later that day, he sent me, sent me an email. He's like, is one cent per website click good? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty it's damn good. It's great, right? Because the thing is, somebody else who, who would come to me without that website already there, and say, hey, let's drive traffic to my website. Guess what? It's probably going to be thirty-five cents for you know, depending on depending on what it is. It could be more. It could be a dollar. You know, but some for some really tough industries. So you're paying huge multiples of what this guy is spending just because he already has that traffic. So the different clients and different expectations that you set then are, are really really important. Yeah, I think you know, it, we. I want to mention here, you're only. As Facebook advertisers, we're only half the equation, right? So yeah. think about that experience on the website. One thing I love to do is before we get started with somebody, I say, let's walk together through your entire purchase process from Facebook. If I were to click on something and go to your site, how easy would that be on a mobile device and on a desktop? And you, you can learn a lot. I mean, that sounds really silly, right? You're like, I got, I got a Shopify set up or I have this set up. Like, I'm good. And with the reality of it is, it might be tough and it might be harder than you think. And you don't, really don't have much time, right, to get somebody to do that. So um, that's another interesting one that you can do to kind of put it to the test. And I think understanding their business, that's really important. That's really important. And one thing that has particularly become more important for me uh, lately is, is understanding how these certain clients think about it and what numbers they're looking for at what times. I mean, we know they want to sell, but what really is the part of it? You know, what, what's kind of the little nuggets? What are their best-selling products, for mm-hmm. example? Where do they make the most margins, in another example? Because if you can design an ad that retargets specifically the, thing, the pages that make their best margins instead of just general retargeting, that's another thing that you can do that can really help them. They'll start to see incremental increases. So anyway, that's another thing to kind of noodle on for those of you out there that are listening. Yeah. So Yeah, and a really good example of that, going back to this golf example, is you know, they had um, specific topics. They're like product reviews, for example. And so anyone who's read a product review for a... Um, for clubs may be interested in products. So then you can run an ad targeting any of those people who have been viewing these club product reviews, like multi-product, for example. You do five different clubs to promote to, the, to that person. So all kinds of crazy things you can do, but that all, you know, again, it comes down to what are they already doing? What do they have in place? 
Um, and I think that leads nicely to the next question of, okay, what was the best way to approach proposals and pitches? And I think it has a lot to do with expectations and getting to know who this client is. Absolutely. I think the people that I have, um, you know, every no idea is original right so the the way that i build my proposals is based on something i saw a couple years ago from another web design agency and most of their proposal that they sent the client was questions Mm. so they asked them questions and that's what mine and that's what you know that's what mine is now which is what are you spending what's the pending experience what uh on facebook um how do you feel about content um, what's the experience you've had with the power editor? You know, just setting mm-hmm. expectations. What, is, what type of ad creative do you have? How, how do you think about ad creative? And how often are you getting new photos taken of your products or getting new photos taken of your experience um, if you're trying to sell an experience? So that's an interesting one that it, it starts to generate ideas and people can already tell from the proposal that you are separating yourself right from the rest of the pack because a lot of social people and, and and i think those of you that are listening to this are not in this stripe but we know them right we all know them that they're like we'll come in there and we'll crush it and it'll be great right and <laughs> that's exactly is, what they say too they crush and that's it. and that's and that's that's very boom and bust i'm sure their business has zero sustainable revenue because it's always like bringing people on and then they leave bringing people on and then they leave so I think it's our, you know, our duty to set that expectation up front. That's one thing of the proposal. And then once each engagement begins, I like to begin with an audit actually, and just go through the, that audit and look at the fundamentals of what has happened and what they've done, um, if they've done Facebook advertising before. So, um, if you know, what has been the targeting? What has been the ad creative? What have been the results? What are the pixels? Where are they? Are they there? Are they not? What's happening? What type of audiences have been created? What's the gender breakdowns and things like that, right? What devices? So all that stuff then helps inform my strategy, makes it easier for me, but then it also helps them understand, oh, wow, okay, cool. He, he has a plan. He has a plan. And so I'm just going to lay back and, 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 and let him execute that plan, which is really ultimately what you want. Um, and people get nervous if they don't feel that there's a roadmap. And this yes. both of those things together helps them understand that there is a roadmap for where you're going. Yeah, I think there's so many points to be made here. I mean, I think first of all, yes, there's no one size fits all. Like, yeah, I could do this. Let's plow in and, you know, whatever I promise this other client, I'm going to promise you too because I can do that for anybody. But it also, first of all, educates you on what the, what they're doing. Um, allows you to, before you even make a proposal, have some expectations of what you're capable of and what needs to be done to get to where these people want to go. Also allows you to explain the process, the obstacles in place, so they understand it too, and they don't have unreasonable expectations, so they buy into your process, and when things aren't you know, blown out of the water in the first couple of weeks, they're like, yeah, this is all part of the process. It's okay, it's what I expected. I know right now you're just driving traffic, and later we're gonna be targeting these people to sell stuff. So I think uh, you know, questions, asking questions, really, really important. I mean, I use a similar process just for doing one-on-ones like I don't just hop on these 45 minute one-on-ones and say hey what's up you're also save time by asking all these questions up front as opposed to learning them on the fly so like I have this long questionnaire it's all about you know what your page is and how many, how many resources you have working on it how, how, what's your content strategy is how you know what your website is how many blog posts you write how much you spend on ads every month 
what your objective is of those ads. Um, I don't know, and like what your obstacles are. I think the, probably the most important one, what your obstacles are. And that is kind of the foundation of our communication. I think similarly to what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things that if you, whether you're in a big agency or I've worked with plenty and, and, and work, you know, worked in plenty too, or you're just a one-off person, um, it making sure that you understand kind of some of the framework around that right off the bat, it's really helpful, even just in the proposal. I mean, it'll set you, it'll set you apart. Trust me. I mean, we, I have seen it time and again, um, that uh, those of us that take a quality approach to this are, are different. I mean, a lot of the times it's very much set up and let it run, see what happens. And, and so don't be one of those people, right? I mean, set, ask the questions and help people out because it'll be more beneficial to your business. And be honest. Don't make crazy guarantees. Know, know what you're dealing with. Know, with. know that sometimes it's difficult. And uh, I, think, I think once, look, the, the client many times is trying to hire you because they know it's difficult. But help them understand why it is and what's going to make what it's going to make e- what's going to make this process easier, so they can buy into it and and help you by you know if it's a matter of ha- having a content plan that they don't have right now you know things that are kind of unrelated to Facebook. Absolutely, so, all good points. So now now that we're talking, I mean we've been talking primarily about managing ads and you know stuff that's for agencies or you know independent contractors who, who manage ads. Um, so we've gone through the process of, okay, we've made the proposal, we've, we've got the client, um, things are starting slow, what do we do, and all this. Uh, but let's, let's take it a step further. How do we build our network? How do we find new business? So it's, it's more than just this one client. I think the building the network thing is really interesting. One of the keys of this that I've seen is that those of us that are doing this, it's, it's, it's more than just Facebook advertising, right? And the more people we can understand that locally, I think is a really big component of it, which is talking to other other marketing groups, other business groups, other social media groups around you and saying, and saying here's the thing, I know that you think you understand Facebook advertising, but let me talk to you about the things that are new let me talk about things that have changed because it's crazy and, it's, and, it, and there's been so many updates and it's really productive. And then you talk to you know business groups and say, um, what are you spending on now for marketing? What are you doing? Radio, print, maybe some billboards. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, but then you say Facebook's the third most visited website in the United States uh, between one and three always usually. So, you know, okay, that's, that's really powerful. So that's one way to begin to build your business, which is, if you if you go out there and you say, "Hey, I'm a Facebook advertiser," people are like, "Okay," you know, and and they're going to let that be. But if you say, "I'm someone that can help you reach more people for a very in a very cost effective manner," that's something that gets people's ears. So that's one way, I think, is to to rethink the way that you pitch yourself. Um, another way that I really like it is is connecting with people that are your influencers and telling them what you're doing. Uh, people are way more approachable than you think they are, and uh, reaching out to them and saying. Here's kind of what I'm up to. How can how can you help me? What do you think about what I'm doing? And and how can I help you? Um, and and inevitably, there's going to be connections and, and stuff that come from that. It's another really good way to begin building your business, um, especially if they understand what you're doing is real and you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, so those are kind of two of my things that I like to stick to in terms of helping grow that network. 
uh, and getting more business out there. No, absolutely. I mean, just networking, explaining what you do and what separates you. I mean, I've had so many people who refer business to me when I don't take that business anymore. And then what ends up happening is it trickles down. So it's like, okay, well, who do I know who, who can handle it instead? So it ends up going to, to you or to Chris and to, or to Antonio. And um, more and a lot of times it probably is like, well, I can't do this. And they pass it off on to somebody else. So, um, you know, it's just being really clear and having, having some good relationships where it's not like you're not obligated to make these referrals. It's just that you, you trust this person um, you, you know, they do good work and you want to pass it on. I mean, yeah. And another thing too is, you know, just getting your, getting, getting out there with your thoughts. I mean, if you, if you sit down and you, yeah, I mean, that's what you did with Jay, John Loomer Digital. I mean, just beginning to go on thoughts about and, and strategic advice on something that people can, or maybe aren't thinking about. I mean, everyone has your own angle, right? And, uh, we don't have to just be all saying, did you know you could do this with lookalikes? Like, I mean, that's, that's a, an article that's been written, but what are things that you can do locally in your, in your space and in your town or your county or who knows whatever it is that can make an impact uh, and be content that's going to be really valuable to people that they're going to want to share because it makes sense and it's from someone that just lives down the street from them. So that's a, that's a way that I think is really powerful uh, to start to reach out because then you kind of have the local stuff and then you also have the national stuff because you've started to tell other people about what you're trying to do and, that are maybe not in your area. Um, and if you're real about it, I guarantee you that you're going to have connections from that because people are going to say, hey, there's this person I'd like, you to, introduce, like to introduce you to. Um, and if you're good, I mean, obviously that's gonna help too. But yeah, it, but if you can prove that you can bring results, it's gonna be it's that's a really helpful thing for your networking and growing that business. So, and Andrew Foxwell, you're a good dude. You are. Don't let well, anyone tell you different. Yeah. No, I was like well, having you on the show. <laughs> I was like having you on the show. Uh, did you finish that beer yet? Uh, mm -hmm. No, I can see it. Almost. Now. Almost. We're getting do, there. Do your duty, and I'll and I'll finish mine over here. Cheers. Mm. You all right? You look a little, you look a little lightheaded. I think I'm hammered. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, like always, how can people find you? And I'm assuming you have a little secret that you can give them. Well, I tell you, if there's anybody that listened to this all the way through last time I did this, there's six people that emailed me. It's a lot. And uh, so if there's, uh, if there's another six of you out there, uh, you can email me at Andrew at Foxhill Digital. Uh, for some special tips on um, uh, some the way that I approach audits and the way that I approach proposals. Happy to share those with people. Um, and I can do some video walkthroughs. So if you email me, Andrew at Foxwell Digital, I'm happy to share. Uh, and otherwise, you can check us out, foxwelldigital.com or facebook.com backslash foxwelldigital or at Andrew Foxwell and at Gracie Foxwell on Twitter. And if you email, if you email Andrew within the first five minutes, this, these next five minutes, he'll also include his very own six pack abs workout. <laughs> and if you email me in the next five minutes, I will also make you look like a rock star in t 10 minutes a day. Exactly. I uh, wish I had some program to, to, to do that. Oh, uh, no, 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 you do. You do. 
I, so yeah, I'll say, <laughs> hey, you let me know, people. I appreciate it. Those of you that email me, as people have said, I always enjoy being on the program. So any feedback as well for John and I on topics to discuss, always open to that. Uh, it's been always an honor to be on the podcast and the podcast and discuss things such as convertors and others. Uh, and I know there's maybe some of you that are running, working out right now. So thanks for taking us along on your run or your drive. Yes. We appreciate it. Hopefully we've been helpful. So yeah. feedback's always, always appreciated. And by the way, I've asked the bartender for our tab and I'm taking care of you again. No, man. <laughs> Bummer. Get in the tab once again. One, one of these so. days, one of these days, cheapskate, you're going to get me. It's all right. Uh, so, for those of you that haven't joined the Power Rangers Club, I would yeah. think about it. Mm. I would definitely think about doing that. Uh, just a little plug here at the end. I'm at one of my favorite podcasts, Comedy Bang Bang. They do a thing at the end called Plugs. So my plug here is johnlimber.com. If you are someone that's spending probably over 2000 a month, 1000 a month, 3000 a month on Facebook advertising, you are going to want to join the Power Rangers Club. It be very helpful for you and beneficial. There's not a post on there I've seen yet that doesn't have more than three or at least three replies. So that's johnlumber.com slash PHC. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, do awesome things. We're out.